It's the Craggy Rugby Podcast. I'm Rob Murphy, Connick 19, Benetton Treviso 17. That's it for this week's show. We'll talk to you in a week. No, I'm only messing. Here's William. That's not far off that, actually, Rob. Alan Deegan. I've nothing to say after that. Well, you both have big paychecks that you have to collect on this podcast. You have to talk for a while. Well, my paycheck is the fact that I... He's just lost his paycheck. Oh, a serious fine. It's Lindley. Oh, that's allowed. Hi, Lindley. You're on loudspeaker live on the podcast. How are you? I have a quick question. Is that all right? Yes, go for it. Hopefully we can use it in the podcast. Go for it. I I noticed Danny had said that that means we'll get Champions Cup next year, but but does it? No, it doesn't because we needed a bonus point. I'm fairly convinced we needed a bonus point to get Champions Cup. You see, because because I was just looking at the thing and and Cardiff, they get another 15 points. They're on 41 and we're on 41. Correct. So a bonus point and I would have guaranteed it. I, if we finish on the same number of points, it probably would be enough to get you there unless Edinburgh or Scarlets out, outpace you. And then if if you have two teams on 41 and somebody's on 42, um, oh, I don't know, there'll be a playoff game. <laughs> so there you have it. And it was me as well. I said in the commentary, just to doubly confuse you, Lindley, while we chat off air, I'm going to go to some highlights from the game. At the base goes Paul Boyle, bursting away from the scrum and Connacht. They're inside the 22 as he's taken down. Very good from Boyle. Really good support line from Murray in the sense that he got to the rock, picked it up and went. And the ball is presented superbly well. And Oshin Dowling is alive as he has been throughout the whole game to pick and go. Now Beelham, he has a try in the first half. He's looking for another try. He loves scoring tries at this venue. He's nearly over. He stopped just short. Connacht with 14 men looking for their second try of the game to get back into it. 14-7, they trail having conceded two tries before half time. They're almost over the line. Stopped and in short. Underneath the post. Benetton being told to get on the line. Paul Boyle with Beelham Benetton didn't get on the line Connacht are trying to drive over Beelham's driven back it's a free play let's see what they want to do Marmy was thinking of taking it out Paddy McAllister's gone over and he's been pulled back around the neck I think he got the ball down there is no evidence of a clear loss of possession of the ball for me the player is in possess of the ball and he grounds the ball correctly ok so no knock on try and the line out five metres from the Benetton line they've struggled to hit the man in the line out Murphy looks a little bit nervous on that one but Benetton don't go up and challenge oh. Dowling is the target he's got it and Maul is set it's going infield it looks really uncontrolled at the moment as it's bursting at pace Connacht are trying to set it up Benetton have come through on it I'm not sure Connacht have the ball where they want it now they do Aki's at the back Aki needs to make use of it one stop says the referee Connacht are still driving forward same Maul says the referee that's brilliant from Aki to keep that in the base now Connacht are going over the line Aki gets down they've got the try Connacht have rescued the game with 20 seconds to go. That is game seven match. Nigel, I'll start with you. Um, that was a war of attrition and probably a, a really, really uh, relieved dressing room after that one. Yeah, with um, uh, I, I'm not going to say never in doubt. We there was it was a real. I said you know we talk about a, a war of attrition. It was extremely tough, a lot tougher than the lads had anticipated, but. Um, you know, but I suppose you look back in Treviso, you know, and the the results that they've had over the last number of games. I know they haven't won, but I think they've lost five or six times, you know, in the last minute. Uh, and I think again, five or six of them have been one score games. So it was nothing different. They threw the kitchen sink at it, and um, like we had a lot of chances maybe in the first half, and, and we just struggled to get a foothold into the into their half in the second half. Yeah, and what, were you, what was your kind of thought process as to the way you started the second half was very, very impressive. And as you said, 
for about 20 minutes between about the 58 and 70 minutes you couldn't get control of the game what did you think went wrong and why weren't you able to get kind of a little bit of a foothold territory and possession well you you could do a number of things You you can run it into that zone but there's a risk in that because one the way the game has been ref and the breakdowns and, and they're pretty hard over the ball so there's a risk running it from your own half uh, and we were looking then at just to basically count the numbers in the backfield and the space try and kick it long but when we were kicking it long they were kicking it back longer again uh, and we found ourselves back in our 22 and then any contestables we had we found that they were winning them as well so there's a number of things you can do but we felt none of them were necessarily working for us but the key was we knew we were going to get a break we knew there was you know, we were going to get one opportunity uh, and all we needed was that one. And, and look, you know, with a few minutes to go, I think we overshot the line out. But even still, we we still knew we were going to get one more, one more chance. And, you know, and, and fair play to the lads at the end, you know, even after that 30 minutes of, as, as you call it, war of attrition, you know, they found a way to, to grind it out and win the game. Bundiaki did very well at the back of that mall technically to keep the ball in. Was that as complicated as it looked or do you feel like that was a smooth process all around? Um, with Bundy joining the mall? Yeah, just that the way you control that mall at the end, yeah. it, was it was it always in control? Was it exactly what you wanted? Yeah, they, they were because it was starting to, to, to swing. It was starting to swing and all they did was they straightened it back up again and every time it was swinging, they straightened it back up again and then they were able to get surge. When Bundy joined it, he, he was—I think he was being pulled along rather than pushing it, really. But uh, <laughs> I think he might take the kudos off for that last one. I don't know. He'd be happy. I haven't given away the penalty. I guess I have to ask you as well. It's funny from our perspective. You had to feel sorry for Benetton as well. How, how do you kind of balance that? When you see on the plane going home and rewatch the video, you understand as a coach how tough it must be for them. Yeah, it's extremely tough, and we spoke about that afterwards. And look, it's extremely hard for them. It's been a really tough season, and. Um, you know, and th- there's no easy way to sugarcoat it, but I suppose we've got to look after ourselves. And, of course. You know, we're, we're in, the, in our own little battle at the, you know, in our conference. And, uh, you know, again, if they stay with it and they keep playing like the way they did, like their look is going to turn at some stage. They're, they're a really tough team considering the number of players that they have missing. They play a really good, expansive brand of rugby. And I said, they're, they're, they've got a lot of threats right across their team. So at some stage, it'll break for them and, and it'll turn. Yeah, five away wins in a row now. And... You're surely allowed one, you know, one scrappy one along the way in that kind of situation. It is a good momentum uh, in terms of going into Munster, especially off the back of three wins in the competition itself as well. Uh, yeah, winning is way more important tonight. And look, at we, you know, especially away from home, um, again, I guess what we consider to be a, like a, a good side there tonight. So, um, look, we're happy that, again, to take the, the points, not maximum. I think we had enough chances we probably could have, but... You know, just to win the game, we're, we're happy enough with. Kieran, when you got that try after halftime, when he, I suppose, I, I mean, the team got that try, it was a really good start to the second half. Does it surprise you the way the game panned out after that? Did you have a sense going back that maybe you could have started to build on that and kick on, uh, but it just didn't happen really, did it? Um, yeah, I think we came out and did exactly what we wanted to straight after halftime. Mm. Um, probably a bit disappointed not to kick on from that try um, I mean Treviso played well in fairness and they put us in under pressure they pinned us in our half so um, yeah obviously we would have liked to kick on but uh, credit to Treviso they uh, handled it well as well What was it like out there? What makes them so hard to play against? Um, I thought their backfield was pretty good they played the ball long um, and then they ran it as well uh, at times and they stressed us there so um, they had a good mix between kicking and running but uh, 
yeah, just happy at the end to come through. Just interested in terms of the on-field chat, did you feel like it wasn't going well for you? Did, did the group as a whole, was there a sense of we need to get things right? Were you getting frustrated out there? Uh, I don't think we were getting frustrated. We just had to be patient. Um, we knew Treviso would go through patches of playing well. Um, and I thought we handled that pretty well. We stayed patient and uh, the opportunity came in the last minute and we took it. And just taking that opportunity, you know, Connacht have got a lot of criticism for missing chances to win games in the closing stages. So that must be a real confidence boost that you got the job done. Yeah, I think uh, just shows we've come along. Um, it's good composure by the lads on there in that pressure situation. So, um, yeah, we can take confidence from that. How big is this game against Munster next week, Kieran? Uh, yeah, they're all big. Um, I think if we win, it definitely closes the gap on them and that's what we want to do. So, um, yeah, massive in terms of our season. Well, as you uh, join us again here, uh, you would have heard Lindley on the uh, brief cameo performance on the podcast. Unexpected, she didn't even know she was on, just highlighting a little error in the continuity of whether Connacht had officially qualified for the Champions Cup. At this point in time, as we record this, which is just about ten past eight, it is currently nil-nil between Cardiff and Munster. So I don't think our listeners will be too upset by the fact that we didn't get to wait around until that match ended to talk about this. But unless Cardiff are to get five points, you know this, listeners, already. Connacht are true to the Champions Cup, but uh, yeah, there you go. (laughs) We've explained ourselves. You've heard a bit of the game. It was all about that last-minute try. They didn't go for the draw which I think was the right decision I don't think it would have made well, obviously it was the right decision but even if it went wrong it would have been happy enough with it. yeah I think the, the way they'd set up to play plus I'm not sure if Fitzgerald would have kicked it because he, he missed the conversion he didn't have a very good night so I think yeah go again um, you know you thought they only were going to get one chance and the, the line out fell apart but I'm afraid Benetton just they just did exactly what they did against Munster a few weeks ago and they gave Connacht another go and this time they got it right. Nigel Kernan did say that. He, they did expect to have one chance. Our listeners have just heard him saying that. Go on. Yeah, I was going to say, it wasn't just Benton. It was a wily piece of play from a wily old operator in Dennis Buckley. OK, describe this. Right, so what we know is Benetton were trying to kill the clock in their own 22. Not necessarily visible, but anyways, that's what they did and it went wrong. But when it went wrong, they got isolated and you're going to explain why. Yeah, what they did, Dennis went up to make a tackle and looked as though, I have to go back and look at this again, but I'm going to claim it here. He looked as though he allowed the player to get past him, which got the player isolated. Mm. And the next two Connacht players were there ready and jackaled in on top of him. But it was Dennis Buckley who had been tackling well all night and hadn't missed a tackle all night. And it all of a sudden just seems to let a guy drift past him for some reason. And that's the reason why. And it is a clever way of isolating a ball carrier because if he's gone too far and his support players can't get to him, you're going to turn the ball over. There was an energy about that. I'll go to you first now, William. That was different than the whole game. It's like Connick's experience just kicked in and the energy about that whole situation, they just went, hang on, these guys are panicking. We can figure this out. And I think that transformed then into the line-out where they were like, okay, we're in control of this. So they didn't feel, I don't think Connick felt as under pressure on that last line-out as they did in previous match-winning situations. No, no, I think they, they would have looked at that Benetton throwing the game away against Munster a couple of weeks back and believing it came to a matter of belief they believed that they could do it and in the end they did 
this is what it feels like to be on the monster side of things about 15 years ago when they used to do this all the time. You know, we, we know what it was like back in the day when Connacht used to go on losing streaks. We remember Eric Elwood's Connacht having such an incredible work rate, commitment, determination, but going on this unbelievable heartbreaking run. There was an amazing documentary of that. We know all about it. We know what it's like. And teams, as Alan is pointing out, one team after the other gets this feeling against you and senses the fear. It, it is fear. And brains just get numb and you know it, it's a hard thing to address they I mean it's important to look at it from Benetton's perspective because a better side than Benetton wouldn't make that mistake so Connacht would have had to go at it differently now Connacht could have made a mess of that second line out because the, the first line out was a, was a bit of a shambles but Benetton decided not to attack it Connacht got the drive on Connacht got the points and They'll see that as a steal, and they're on it. They're, I mean, we can criticize them if we think people think we're hard when we criticize them. There's nothing to what will be going on on Monday morning when they're sitting down. And Andy Friend will have had all weekend <laughs> at home in Galway where he's got a bit of a knee injury, and he'll be going through this with the other coaches. And then the Zoom meeting will happen, and whoever has control of the screen from the coach's perspective will have a lot of things to show them that were wrong. I, I would pretend if I was a player, oh, I'm sorry, guys, the broadband's really bad. My camera's not working. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think there's so many of them. I don't think they're allowed to have cameras because there's, there's about 60 people sitting on You still on have these. to listen. <laughs> you, still have, you still have to listen. And, and answer. And first. answer when you're a, if you're asked a question. What were you thinking there will be a question that will be a hard answer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then... You park it and you move on because they've got to get ready for Munster. You can't keep dwelling on this. And they still won. And that's, it's a seek, some, it's a hell of a good skill to play really poorly. And they did play poorly because Benetton bring very little to the table. But Connacht tonight weren't able to bring enough to really put the pressure on them. Do you know what it reminds me of? Because I feel good about Connacht at the moment. I feel like there's just, obviously, why wouldn't you, second in the standings? But it's just particularly good with the Challenge Cup news, which we'll talk about in a second, and something to look forward to, and this sense that they're just above the rest of the team. It reminds me of these international situations when there's a World Cup qualifier, and Ireland are going reasonably well, and they play dreadful against someone like Cyprus, but you win 2-1, and you're just like, oh... Just delighted they got the points. And I think I would speak for a lot of Connick fans. A lot of Connick fans would be genuinely, you know, really lifted by just looking at the table and going, whew. You know, I don't think there's going to be a lot of frustration at that performance because it doesn't really fit any pattern. It was just one of those nights where it didn't go right. But last week was good. No reason why next week can't be good. Well, it certainly needs to be better than tonight. Of course it does. I mean, that's but, going to come up so much. If they play like that, they're going to lose 45-0. They just are. Yeah, yeah. And I, but then they're not going to play on ground as quite as hard. They're not going to play yeah. in weather quite as warm. They um, love that though, don't they? Or they didn't though? They do. They do. But like, you, you still have to acclimatise to it. They've only had a day to acclimatise to something that's that they haven't had in nearly eight months, nine months. I know they're professionals William has a sceptical face on. Will we no, go to him for a second? It wasn't that warm over there. It was 16 degrees of kickoff, and they were all sweating. I haven't seen our lads looking sweating like that after five minutes of a game. They were all absolutely. And William said they were drying the ball for that last yeah. line out because there was dew there. Yeah, absolutely. could have been quite even at 16 degrees. It could be quite humid. Very much so. And if you're not used to it, it, it you know it takes a lot out of the lungs. Now having said you. that, now William. Having said that, we <laughs> lost a kicking battle. I thought like they, you know, um, I'm assuming Nigel said it that, that you know yeah. it get into a kicking battle and we lost it. Yeah. Like we, we almost lost the game because we lost the kicking battle. Um, and I'd like to have seen us hold on to the ball a little bit more than we did because when we did, as 
as William talked during the commentary, you just have to hold on and, and recycle four or five times. And after the fifth or sixth, you should get the mismatches that we were able to get last week and you should have been able to recreate them this week. Three things from the kicking battle that just highlight how bad we did. One, Alex Wooten forgot to mark the ball. Two, Conor Fitzgerald, when we're down 14 men with three minutes to go to half time in possession in the monster, in the monster, in the Treviso half of the field, decided to do a cross field kick that barely went three metres forward, went about 25 metres lateral, it was easily lapped up and it led to a turnover and led to trouble. And three, it was a box kick, Gary Owen, by a man who should be able to do better Kieran Marmion barely went 5 metres completely caught everyone offside everyone went in front of the kicker and that was a really costly one as well so I'm just saying my god kicking battle Alan says it I just want to really emphasise the kicking was dreadful tonight yeah there didn't seem to be a real plan to the kicking there didn't seem to be an understanding of what they were trying to achieve and it became aimless mm. um there was also a bizarre situation. It was a Paul Boyle in the first half where he tried to do the right thing, was to catch the ball with his foot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> his foot in touch because it was a very poor <laughs> kick by Benetton. But unfortunately, as he caught the ball, he lifted his foot yeah. and then he put it down again and was surprised. And then he understood that he'd, um, he'd actually given them a line. It was just the sort of performance that maybe if you're not correctly at the pitch of the game, you think... Ah, uh, look, we'll find a way. And they did find a way. Oh, yeah. But, Important to, uh, yeah. Yeah, but the thing about finding a way is you really want to be finding a way in about the 73rd yeah. minute. Yeah. That's when you want to close it. You know, you don't... It was a bit James bond wasn't it? It was a bit like the the whole thing is about to close in on top of him and then just at the very end he gets out. Yeah, and... You don't you, want to be at that and you, No, because you won't, that won't work for you the next time. I guarantee you, if you get caught in a game... It for James Bond, but probably not for Connor. No, um... It works for Munster a lot, but maybe they're James Bond in disguise. Um, <laughs> That's what it means. Yeah, I'm just, I'm curious, William, because you said all week, and Alan, you come in on this then, you said all week, banana skin, banana skin. If I want to count how many times he said banana skin in podcasts and interviews, because at least 12. Like, and they said it. And what did Pete Wilkins say? They're going to kick a lot. We know they're going to kick a lot. It's almost like we may as well have just not said anything all week. We may as well have just sat in the room, not even known who we were playing, because all the talk didn't matter, did it? All the talk didn't matter. No, it, it it didn't. And a better side than Connacht wouldn't have got... Uh, I'm thinking Leinster wouldn't have got sucked into a game like mm. that. And I'm tempted to think even Ulster wouldn't have got sucked in. But Munster did. Yeah, yeah. They do, though. Yeah, that, yeah, that's that, what they do. <laughs> yeah, that that's almost part of their, their DNA. But they wouldn't lose three games like we did over Christmas, which is like, yeah. Yeah, that... Yeah, it, it's just one of those ones. I think they will, I hope they will learn from this. It's your learnings from this. It's not one of these, like, you know, a big thing I hear in American sports is like, throw the video away, throw the DVD away. You know, in these days, it's delete the uh, cloud or whatever space that you have in the Dropbox. But yeah, uh, will they? Did they? Yeah. Yeah, I think they will. I think only they will know when they start digging down. Only the players know in their own minds how they, what mindset they had coming into the game. And it's not really about the coaches. About it's about when the players are on their Zoom calls or their WhatsApp chats when they're doing the, that. They somebody will have to say well, what happened there, lads. Why you know they can talk about you know Benetton are very physical. Yeah, right. Next, that doesn't mean anything. It's it's and they they do this and they kept us out of the twenty two. Well, yeah, because you didn't hold onto the ball long enough to get in there. When you do start digging down on it, the players will go, Yeah, that just wasn't good enough and they got away with it. But most teams in the Pro fourteen, if you played like that, you wouldn't get away with it, they'd win. Just worried. I'm worried about Conor Fitzgerald at the moment, if I'm being honest. Uh, I think we know there's a lot of talent there, but he didn't didn't put a stamp of authority on that game. And I think his emotion at the end, jumping up and down for the try, I think that only revealed the sense of pressure that he was probably feeling at that point in time. 
Yeah, and he hasn't had a whole lot of rugby. Okay. You know, and that's that's part of it as well. Like this season has been such a mess in in all sorts of ways for the obvious reasons that he hasn't played in too much rugby. Like he's getting a, a getting a game every second or third week if he's lucky. Um, so it was great to see him get the, the full 80 minutes. Are you happy that the, the, now that it's turned out okay, do you, do you feel it's good that he was on to the 80? Yeah, yeah, I do, because it, it, it paid off in the end. He put the ball in the corner, he, put, he gave him enough chance to get it close enough to get a, a five-metre line out, having missed one in the first half, which was kind of worrisome. Um, but, you know, he held his nerve, he put the ball in the right place twice. Um, and, and so we'll, we'll pick a lot from it. I think this game, they'll just go, yeah, we got away with it, move on. Yeah. I think that's fair enough. All right, let's finish the podcast. Uh, let's just say a couple of things. One, I'm kind of buzzing about the Challenge Cup. You know, we've been talking about this for a while, right? It's, it's a dream scenario. It's like you you want to be in the Challenge Cup because you feel like Connor could do something in it, but you don't want to lose Champions Cup status because you have to admit at this stage is the only way we can make a case why our players should be in Ireland because the second we're on Champions Cup, we're shot away down completely. Your guys aren't playing at that level. Well, they are and they still don't get picked, but anyways, whatever. Point is, this is great. They get just one little shot at this competition and they should be right in there in the mix with a number of teams. Favourites? No. Contenders? Possibly. It'll depend on the draw. They'll need a home draw if they get drawn away to an English club. (laughs) We're not going to do very well because we never do very well. I can just see it. The one club that we're probably going to get is the only club we've never played against, English club, and that's Leicester, Hmm. which would mean away in Welford Road, one of the most iconic grounds in English rugby and we won't be able to go if they do manage to get there. Oh, yeah. Unless we can figure out some sort of, I don't know, 14 days. Maybe if we promise to stay in our car until we get to... The, no, let's not even go there. <laughs> take the ferry. Take the ferry. Oh, definitely take the ferry. <laughs> William is shaking that's, his head that's there. That's not going to make any difference, I'm afraid, lads. <laughs> ferries are very fast. God be with the day when we used to travel. We'd be currently... Where would we be in, in the beautiful Treviso right now? Uh, we'd be heading back into town and be going to the pizzeria in the Palazzo outside the hotel... You'd have booked a table already? Uh, I would have booked a table and we would be sitting there and we might even have allowed ourselves a little glass of red lemonade. Oh yeah, that would be lovely. Of course, knowing uh, your plan, we'd be up at 7.30 in the morning for the flight home, William. Well, you took that option the last time we were in Treviso, Rob. I actually managed to have uh, a full day in Venice and fly home in the evening. I feel like I kicked down to William 22 and he kicked back so far. I'm running back into my 22. I I believe there was Mayo were playing in a Munster. Were they playing a Munster under 21 game in Limerick or something? They were probably playing an under 21 game in Limerick. That was a Munster, yeah. yeah. Yeah, But uh, do you know, I think it was the All-Ireland final. Well, fair enough, Okay. There you go. Let's have a look at who we might play. Yeah, it sounds way more interesting. <laughs> um, because there are, we can't, in the round of 16 at Easter, we cannot play a Pro 14 side because there are other Pro 14 sides in the Challenge Cup now. So we can play London Irish or Leicester. And if we get either of them, we have to go away. Because they did well in the Challenge Cup. So the top four in Challenge Cup, they, or no, sorry, the three unbeaten sides in the Challenge Cup, they've granted home advantage no matter what happens with them in the draw. And the other one of those is actually the Ospreys, hmm. believe it or not. And we can't get them. We can't get them at this stage. Then we could, if it's a French side, uh, Agen or Montpellier, we could go there or they could come to Galway. Or we could have Bath, Newcastle, Northampton or Harlequins. And that could be at those grounds or it could be in Galway. It all depends. And I believe they are going to draw the quarterfinal scenarios on the 9th of March. Uh, so we would know who would play in the quarterfinal. And at that stage, we could play even Ulster. Ooh, we, be exciting. It would be exciting, and 
that again will be, you'll know if you're home or away. That's purely open draw. So uh, let's just hope the draw gods are on our side. Yeah. Uh, anyways, I feel like we're still in. I feel like it's something to look forward to because we're not really going to be into contention final. And as we wrap this up, we, we're really starting to feel like the Pro 14 are like to save face. We're going to just finish this competition like we said we would. So as we speculated for quite some time about potential of maybe they'll extend this, maybe there'll be playoffs. I don't think there will be now. Uh, so that should mean uh, Champions Cup position should be secured in the next game, if not by the time you listen to this. And yeah, from there, I guess top two, you want to finish second and you want to go to Tottenham Park and win for the first time since 2016. That'd be nice. Keep it interesting to the last day. Well, like if if, if all, you know, cur- currently Cardiff are winning that game against Monstrous, so if they were to lose that and we were to go down and win in Monstrous since 2000, first time since 2016, we would be in a chance of getting first position, which is not something we've managed to do ever because even when we did win the champion just the champion even when we did win the championship we finished second a game that's immortalised in my commentary memory for one of the best tries we ever scored and as uh, it was touchdown uh, the commentary went off and I have to admit now if I haven't admitted it publicly that I may have stood up and knocked the commentary box and I think that's what knocked it off for a split second I have to admit that well we were on the other side of the we myself and William were actually doing our stuff from the the um which side of the field were we? I can't remember. We were we in the stand. Where the dressing rooms are, the far side from where we yeah. were. Yeah, we were on the terrace with a whole load of Munster fans behind us who, up to that point, couldn't believe that we were anywhere close to them. But when that try went in, just basically went, wow. You know, and yeah, it, it, was, it, was, it was a fantastic try and they appreciated the brilliance of the try. For me, it's the best ever interprovincial away performance I've ever seen. To, to go there, because it was such a hard place to win. Uh, I know, uh, Dave, Dave Finn has currently fallen off his chair. It's not the best ever win. Obviously, that was, yeah. But it's the best ever performance and it was just such a hard place to go and it was such a dominant display. And it's the Bundyaki pumping his chest. And I just wonder, is are the... Stars aligning right now for Aki to hit game three of his kind of return to himself at just the right time. Yeah, I would hope so. It's, I said in the commentary, it's a fascinating thing that he basically asked to go back to Connacht. He feels that he's not going to get a fair go at Ireland, not a, a fair go, but he's not going to get a go at Ireland until he gets more game time because he's not showing yeah. enough in training because he hasn't played. And we've seen with our own eyes, we're bloody annoyed at certain selections from Andy Farrell, some of us. I am, anyways. But like we've seen, anyone who's complained about Bundyaki, you can see with your own eyes, he's not there. He's not at the level of where Gary Ringrose or, uh, or, or where Gary Ringrose or Robbie Henshaw are. And uh, yeah. No, uh, and, and he's realised that. But you see, he's a 30 cap international. So he's got the ability to make that decision and make a case. If you've only played five or six games, you're going to be wanting to stay there and hold the tackle bag and yeah. do whatever you're asked to do. Like Alton Deland, who got dropped inexplicably because he does well off the bench against France and then this is what's driving us insane. I mean, not a lot of Connick players are making a strong enough case. I'll accept that. But yeah, but even Rhys Ruddock was fantastic. Yeah, oh my God. Like he was brilliant. If Rhys Ruddock had gone to the country of his father, he would be a Welsh rugby legend at the moment. They absolutely love that. Here... I mean, he's, he's, how many back row forwards have lost their place in Leinster and had to go elsewhere because he's that good? You ask Leinster fans, they're driven mental by his, the way Rhys Roderick is treated by Ireland. So it's not just us who complain. Oh, absolutely. I'm not, I'm not one of these. You know, I don't care where the players are from. Yeah, exactly. I just want them the best players on the field. And they, when a guy yeah. comes up and plays as well as that guy did, and yeah. the stats back it up. It wasn't just what you were watching. Yeah. The stats backed everything up. He's not even in the squad. What the hell is that? It's, uh, it's, 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 it's baffling. It's his whole career. I'd have made the point. He's also... 
a rare thing. He's an unbeaten Ireland captain. He's captained seven times and he's won seven <laughs> times. Uh, and he, he should be an absolute superstar. Yeah, he has had a lot of injuries and he accepts I, that. And he, he talks about yeah, that himself. But he is, he's a proper hard man. Yeah. Um, international sport decisions are, I suppose, because it's Italy, they want to get a look at this back row. I'm interested in this back row because I think it's going to be very mobile. But it's not a back row that I put out against England because I think it'll be taken apart. Against Italy, it could run riot. Uh, Will Connors. And I think Tigburn is an interesting one. They've maybe realised he isn't the answer at second row. Maybe he's a back row cover. I, it's it's getting it's getting tough for Ireland. It's getting tough. Uh, there's a lot of pressure on Mike Cat as well. There's a lot of question marks when they start pushing him out to do interviews uh, oh, to yeah. to explain what yeah. he's doing. That's when you begin to think, yeah, that's a bit of an isolation thing. Um, he did well. In fairness, he seems a confident sort. He, he, but yeah, so. It's, it's it doesn't matter because it's, it's, all he's going to judge on is whether we can get our attack right. They've got three games left and the pressure is on them. They have a tough, tough... Tomorrow could be a tough game if they don't get it right. But like, keep in mind, like, like people will have seen the game by the time we talk, but we're just giving a bit of context around, you know, like Alan's nailed it. Like I don't care if there's no kind of players in there, right? It's just we know our players inside out. And when you see what's happened to Alton Delan, does it mean Delan actually is the best backup second? I'm not sure. Baird's pretty good, isn't he? I mean, it's not a shock. You know, like I, I would put Gavin Dornbury ahead of him. <laughs> yeah, he's done a lot more in Champions Cup rugby uh, than Baird has. And so, yeah, that's fine. But whatever the reason, it's mind-boggling that the land could be removed after being trusted against France and doing a job off the bench that we feel is really good. So that's what leaves us absolutely mesmerised. Who knows? And Jack Carty, don't even get me started. Enough of that. On we go. More podcasts to come this week. There is. There is. I've still got, sorry, I've still got my decision to back Shane Delahunt, who is due a try. Um, for this game, and why didn't you back Finlay beat him? Who doesn't? I, I'll tell you why. Because I, I put the money on, and then I double checked my stats and realised Finlay had scored twice the last twice that they would played in February in Treviso, and he'd scored. I went, oh no! The money was already on. I went, oh no! I'm not going to chase it. I'm not going to chase it. And rule, so I've taken the hit. Rule one, Alan, never change your bet. Never yeah. change your bet. Is that it? There was a time. Bet responsibly. Absolutely. There was, there, there, was, there was a time you could get somebody like Finlay at about 90 to 1 to be first try scorer. Those days are gone. The bookies are not as generous as they were. I'd say Dennis Buckley is there now these days. I'd say they get very nervous about those malls as well. Enough of that. We're out here. Buckley, 95, 95 games since he scored his last try, which was against Benetton. Interesting enough. And by the way, we haven't played them since 2018. I feel like throwing yes. that side in at the end is yeah, very yeah, nerdy. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, we haven't played them over there. We played them in December. That's what I meant. We hadn't played we them over there since 2018. Trees, oh, yeah. Yes, I need to clarify that. Okay. Well, hopefully, soon enough, we'll be back in that pizzeria and the world will be a normal place again. In the meantime, the world is always normal on your podcast feed when it comes to craggy rugby. Nothing changes. We're reliable. We're as reliable as the sun rising in the morning. That's it from us. We'll be back during the week with a podcast preview show. Alan at the helm and then back next Friday, isn't it? What time's kick off for the Match. 7.35 p.m. So slightly better kickoff time than yeah. this evening for everybody, really. I, yeah, I like getting home to my bed early, but it just doesn't feel right. No, it was a bit, it was a bit of an odd one and um, proper kickoff time. Okay. All right, that's it from us. We'll talk to you soon, folks. Thanks for listening. There's another version of this podcast that's two and a half minutes long. <laughs> Bye! Loose, cut it loose. Break out or nothing changes Sad and confused Don't wait 